they are two letters written by Paul the Apostle to the Corinthian church. And we're reading excerpts from the first and second books or letters. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then, by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. This is our last of our five series on our goals as a church. And uh, let's remind us of what those goals are. As a church, we commit ourselves to corporate and individual prayer, uh, to honour and glorify God through vibrant, meaningful worship, to strive to be a biblically-based church, individually and corporately be committed to sharing God's plan of salvation, everyone in, in the church growing in a vibrant relationship with God, to be inclusive, loving and supportive church family, encouraging participation by all, be a loving and welcoming church, accepting all, be a church that manages its resources to the glory of God and actively demonstrate Christ's love for all. Isn't that fantastic? That's a really great thing to do. And uh, we're pulling those out of the archives. It was a really good thing for us to do because there's a lot of thought and a lot of prayer. Uh, before I arrived, by a really good 
bunch of godly church people to, to come to terms with some things that we should be aspiring towards. And I think it's, it's good to grab those things out and to have a look at them. And today I want to talk about managing the, our resources well for the glory of God and our generosity as Christians. But of course, in terms of stewardship, we know that that's much larger and I've made some remarks about that on the front of the news about. So, Lord God, as we pause to, to think about this matter, we just ask, dear God, that you'd be with us, you would uh, speak to us clearly today, give us ears to listen and hands to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, they say one of the things you do as a sermon is tell people something that they don't know so that they always go away enriched with some new knowledge. I have no intention of doing that today. I'm going to tell you stuff you know already uh, because I have a biblical precedent to do that. So it's not just that I'm lazy and couldn't remember anything that you didn't know or any learn something myself. There's a biblical precedent and uh, Paul gives us that and he says this, I myself am satisfied about you. I kind of feel that way about you guys. Uh, my brethren, that you are, yeah, this, this still works for you, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I've written to you uh, very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God, written to you by way of reminder. So today I'm just going to remind you of things that you already know. Um, so we're going, what we're going to do is we're going to do a bit of a checklist. We upgraded Eliza's car uh, recently, and if you'd seen her drive to church in it, you would have said, thank you, Jesus, that you have now upgraded that car uh, to a much better car than what it was. And so we went out, and one of the things that when we bought this car from a particular dealer, that they had to, it had to pass registration, they had to do a pink slip on it. We all know about these things where we put our cars in, and they had to get a rego check, and any little thing that didn't match up, we've had it back and we've made sure that they've made good on all these little things that they should have made good when they put it through. And so we put the car over a rego check. Well, today, I wanna, what I want to do for us today, we're going to do a rego check of our spiritual giving. Are you ready? We're going to do a rego check. We're putting you over the pits today. And uh, only you and God will consider what you're, you're doing and you're giving and all those kinds of things. Uh, but there's a six-point rego check for you today in your spiritual giving, your generosity towards giving towards God's kingdom. Are you ready? Okay. Give yourself a score. Okay, we're not going to hand the score to the next person or anything like that, but just give yourself a score, six points. Here we go. All right. Rego point number one, our giving needs to be predetermined. Predetermined. Uh, gone are the days when the plate comes around you go, Whoa, oh, moths. <laughs> yeah. Gone are the days where we used to say, please hand your wallet to the person next to you. We're about to take up the offering and remember to give generously. You know, these days of, you know, just we are much more sophisticated. This church has an excellent reputation and an excellent history of people being very thoughtful and very systematic in your giving. We don't need to get up and berate you every week. We don't need to speak as some churches and 
yell at their people for about 10 minutes on how they ought to give. We, we are considered in doing this kind of thing that we have determined in our heart to give, uh, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we predetermine. I think it's very important, as we do as a family, is every once in a while we need to sit down and we need to say, where are we at? You know, what is, we, we need to be systematic. We need to think, okay, what does our giving look like for the next 12 months? And we need to then uh, adjust that. We've adjusted our giving many times since we've been at this church. We don't give what we used to give. We've adjusted it many times. Uh, predetermined. It's not at the end of the thing, oh, my goodness, what's left over for the month? We've paid all the bills. Ah, electricity bill. Woo, diabolical. Bring on nuclear energy. It's, you know, whatever. It's not like that. We just, it's predetermined. We need to have predetermined. How'd you go? Tick. Uh, it needs to be planned. Now, about the collection for the Lord's people. Now, the, about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. So it's not just, it's like Paul basically taught the New Testament churches to do. Do this on the first day of every week. Each one of you should set aside a sum of money on the first day of every week. So I don't know what your system is. My pay goes in on a Friday evening. It's available on a Saturday. And uh, Shelley, some people like to give cash, and cash is great. You know, Some people like to do e-giving. But I need to say this. Since we've introduced and promoted e-giving, the level of finances, the steady flow of finances in this church has been so much better. The poor treasurer is needed valium every January. You go, pray for the treasurer to get through January because everybody would go on holidays and then they'd, they'd need barrows of cash would come in on February and we go, oh, it's all coming back in. But these days, with e-giving and the way that people systematically give online, I just want to say, well done, church. It's steadied that uh, cash flow as, uh, for us as a church, as an operational business. But, of course, some people love the idea of giving. Uh, and I really appreciate those people. They say, no, I, I want to draw it out. And this is what we used to do. We were, we were cash givers here for years and years and years um, and sort of joined the e-giving probably a number of, about five years ago or something. It was always off to the bank on a Saturday morning having been paid on the Friday night, grab out the money, stick it in the envelope, bang it in. That's what we did. A lot of people still do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But for us, the plan thing was hit the teller on Saturday morning having been paid on the Friday. So that's what we've done. And today, of course, I'm married to somebody with a trigger finger. And she's not... We don't do like direct debit. Some people love direct debit. That works for them. But Shelley likes to go, boing, and hit the go button and likes to send it across. That works for us. So what works for you? What's your plan? Is it weekly? On what day? Is it fortnightly? Is it monthly? I've been paid many times monthly. Don't like it much, but in past places I've been paid monthly. And so it was a once a month giving. And of course, when I was in, did sales for a little while, it was, uh, you had to, every term, had to adjust any bonuses and to tithe out of those as well. So we've got planned giving. It needs to be proportionate giving. On the first day of each week, each one of you should set aside of money. We've covered that. But in keeping with your income. In keeping with your income. So it's proportionate saving it up. 
as opposed to spending it, as opposed to doing something with it. In proportion with your income, saving it up so that when I come, uh, uh, no collections will have to be made. They don't need, it's just there. It's set aside. It's sacrosanct. I believe that our giving is sacrosanct. I believe that our giving should be set aside. I believe that our giving should be quarantined. That when we are, when we are paid or however our money comes to us, uh, it needs to be set aside, it needs to be proportionate, it needs to be generous, and it needs to be d- done that. Uh, as much as they were able, even beyond their ability in 2 Corinthians 8.3, as much as they were able. So people think, how much should I give? Well, the pattern here, the example in this particular letter, is as much as they were able. As much as they were able. Even beyond their ability, they even stretched themselves to think, I'm going to be short but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, what does that look like? I've seen many generous gifts and many generous gifts in this church, I'd have to say, staggering generosity by individuals in this church, uh, meeting our needs in all kinds of ways. But I want to say this, when it comes to the Lord, the Lord's view is this, it's not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. It's not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. I'll never forget when I was doing some missional preaching in India. We were going from village to village doing village evangelism. And uh, uh, I went to one particular church. I was actually speaking to a a group of postgraduate, about 300 pastors. They'd come in from all these villages. And uh, they'd all come to church. We were at a big Bible college and they'd all gathered uh, for the Sunday meeting. And I was told on the Saturday night that I'd be preaching. It was a Sunday morning. Very spontaneous group, this particular group of Indian pastors. I thought the spirit might lead. I don't know how I work. I work with the spirit about five days or six days or two weeks or three weeks ahead. But anyway, didn't get much sleep. Got up and preached anyway. That was fine. A woman came in and people went forward to give their giving. That's a pretty good idea. They had to come forward and you could see who was giving and who wasn't, I suppose. I don't know. But they came for that day and a woman came and she came cupping an egg like that. She was really skinny. Her clothes were really soiled. And she was really frail. And she walked up to the table at the front of the church and everybody was putting money into one description or another and she laid down an egg on the table just like that, stood for a moment and returned to her seat. Who gave the most that day? You tell me, who gave the most that day? Didn't Jesus tell a story like that? Wasn't Jesus staking out the temple? Didn't a woman come with a coin that they call the thin ones? That coin is known as leaf thin. And didn't the big donations hit the trumpet-shaped receptacles in the temple and make a big clang and didn't her goes tinkle linkle Jesus said who gave the most that day because she gave as much as she was able even beyond her capacity she took the food from her mouth and gave it to the church and I can tell you just looking at her I can see her as clear as crystal as I stand here today she needed the food She took the food out of her mouth and walked up and laid her next meal on the table. As thin as sticks. It's proportionate, all right? 
She gave everything. Amazing. Promise-based. Great thing is that she knew that God was going to look after her and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having, having what? What's the scripture say? What's the promise of God? Okay, this is all following on generosity and he is able to bless you miserably, miserly, vilely. Is that what it says? What's the word? Abundantly, expect abundance so that in all things and at all times having all that you need. How many people can testify to that? Come on. How many people here can testify that God looks after you? We had five people here that believe and give generously in the Lord. Come on. Where have there been times, friends, we all know that he's able to, to meet our needs and that you will abound in every good work, not just the gift of giving, which he says that we should, it's a grace that we need to excel in. What a wonderful thing. And so when we hesitate, even when we withhold, even when we say to ourselves, I can't really afford to this week, this scripture says, you will have all that you need at all times and God will bless you abundantly. So here we are on our rego check. We give because we know that he has promised to provide for us. How'd you go? Did you get a tick? Here's the next one. It's a privilege to give. They urgently, this is the Galatian church, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. They urgently pleaded with us. Oh, I've never seen that happen in church, but I'm open to it. You know, please, Pastor, can we have the offering? Come on. Sick of this singing. Can we stop singing? Can we start giving to the Lord, you know? Uh, let's take up another offering. Let's, let's do a couple of rounds. Let's just fill that thing up. Let's just make the counter's job a nightmare. You know, they urgently pleaded. This is their attitude. They were eager to give. Friends, God doesn't want reluctant givers. He wants, we've got to be generous. We've got to be, it's got to come from that great heart of ours. They pleaded with the privilege of giving. They treated it as a privilege. They had a great blessing. So it was, it was a privilege giving. And of course, they treated it as a great pleasure to give. The 2 Corinthians 9, 7 reference, each of you should give whatever you have decided to give in your heart. We've got that. Here's our attitude, okay, so it's a decision of the mind and it's a state of the heart. We've decided our attitude is not reluctantly, oh, I'd have to do that again, or under compulsion, I've got to do it, I'm a Christian, God, got to do it because Jesus tells me to. It's not under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver. The word in the original language is hilarious. God loves an hilarious giver. Looking from out, yeah, there's one there right there. An hilarious giver. So you can crack up next time the bag comes around. You can just give yourself a good old crack up. Uh, a cheerful giver. And Jesus, of course, said it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's interesting that's not found in the Gospels, but it's quoted in the letters as a saying of Jesus. Really interesting, isn't it? It's one of the few things that Jesus said not recorded in the Gospels, but uh, later quoted. So how'd you go on your rego check? Did you pass rego? Let's have a look. <coughs> how'd you go? Six-point rego check. 
predetermined, tick, planned, tick, I'm assuming ticks, <laughs> proportionate, tick, promise-based, because you know God will look after you, you can afford to be generous, particularly in a country like ours, treated as a privilege, and in fact, treated as a pleasure. So that's our rego check from scripture about what it means to be givers in that one narrow part of what it means to be stewards. Uh, and of course, if your car, if your car uh, doesn't pass rego, it's got to go over the pits. And my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit does not need to take you over the pits and give you a good work over this morning, but you will just go, yep, I got my pink slip. I'm qualified to keep on being a great steward of God in the 12 months to come. Thank you, Jesus. I hope that that's your attitude this morning. Dear Lord God, we, we know that you are a God that has generously provided for us and that you have generously provided in this church and there's been so many staggering egg offerings in this church in the years gone past. And we thank you, dear God, for that. And we just pray to God that you continue to sow and build and teach the next generation. My prayer is, Lord, for tonight as I speak this message out to our young people, teach the next generation the generosity that lives within this congregation. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the checkup, Lord. Amen.